With more than 500 programs a year, there is never a dull moment at the Commonwealth Club. If you're a fan of this podcast and you like hearing new and provocative discussions with the most interesting people in the world, consider showing your support by joining the Commonwealth Club and ensuring that the conversations never end. Visit commonwealthclub.org special to get special rates on membership. Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's virtual Commonwealth Club program. My name is Cheryl Jennings. I'm an Emmy Award-winning journalist and former ABC7 News anchor out of San Francisco. I am so thrilled about being your moderator for today's very, very special guest. As Commonwealth Club continues to host virtual events, they are so grateful for the continued support of their members and donors. And so we will hope that you will also consider making a donation online or text donate to 415-329-4231. And the club would like to thank the Bernard Osher Foundation for supporting today's Food Lit event. It is my pleasure to introduce Chef Jacques Pepin, author of Jacques Pepin Quick and Simple. Legendary chef Jacques Pepin has been influencing American tastes and cooking techniques for generations. The winner of 16 James Beard Awards, Chef Pepin has written 29 cookbooks, at least, and spent four decades on television. And in this era, when so many of us are confined at home, Chef Pepin says you don't need a state-of-the-art kitchen or a pantry full of expensive ingredients to create a truly delicious meal. More importantly, cooking many of the quick and simple recipes from his cookbook doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice quality or flavor. Just a reminder, we will be taking our questions after hearing from our fabulous chef. So please submit those in the chat box. Chef Pepin, welcome. Your new cookbook comes Time. Who's your friend there? This is Gaston. Gaston, of course. Yeah, Gaston is here, and Gaston is going to go. Yeah, okay, I find. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess he wanted, wanted to say hello to the people, all my friends there. So. Oh, of course, everybody here just loves you. So your new cookbook comes just in time for those of us who are stuck at home because of COVID-19 and wishing that we could eat restaurant quality foods. And so thank you for your timing on this cookbook. Was was this something that was in the works for a while or is it just a, a happy coincidence? What was the inspiration? Oh, it's kind of happy coincidence, I would say. So I had a book, I had a book called The Shortcut Cook quite a number of years ago that I did for my daughter. So that was part of what I did here. I read a new recipe and so forth. And no, I started about a year and a half ago before oh. pandemic, but uh, basically uh, it is a way that I cook too. You know, I have been a chef for uh, what, 73 years, something like that. <laughs> so uh, I left home in 1949. And when I left home, home with a restaurant, anyway, where my mother was the chef. So even from that age, I was in that business. So basically, yes, there are some times where you do elaborate meal, more complicated, more too. But on the whole, uh, you cook pretty simply. I mean, and for me, uh, probably when I was a younger chef, I probably add and add and add a bit too much to the plate, as we do very often. And now uh, getting old and uh, um, different metabolism, so I take away, take away from the plate to be left with uh, 
the essential, you know, without too much embellishment. So this is a simplified type of cuisine, which rely on the good ingredient, the garden. And as long as you have a bottle of wine with you, everything is fine anyway, so. <laughs> you started to talk about when you left home. How early was it? You were very young, young teenager, when you started cooking, started- I, I, I was 13, yes, yeah. Okay. I was 13, you know, it wasn't unusual to go into apprenticeship at 13. And, you know, at that time, we didn't have a television, of course. We didn't have a radio. Uh, we didn't have a telephone. Anyway, even though we had a little restaurant, uh, there was no newspaper really like now. So life was much simpler. So I had kind of uh, blinders on my eyes. You know, my, my mother uh, was a cook. Chalet restaurant and my father was a cabinet maker. So I would be a cabinet maker or a cook. So <laughs> simple choice. So your mother was quite extraordinary too. She was taking care of three boys while your dad was in the military, right? Uh, during the, yeah, during the war when my dad was gone into uh, the military and then into the resistance. Yes, my mother was a very powerful, very strong woman. And she, she died not that long ago, you know, about in, in 2014. You know, she was almost 100, you know, a couple of months short of 100, yes. But you told a great story about how she would ride her bicycle to find food on the various farms. And farming is important to you. So talk about your mom and the bicycles and what she would find for you. To start with the, 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 the tire, we're not inflated tire. Those were solid rubber things, you know, really. And uh, she would put me on the on the handlebar and uh, go like, you know, a good 35, 40 mile to go to different farms to try to get food, you know, to exchange, to do. So uh, that was the way it was. So this is probably why I'm very, uh, I'm very uh, miserly in the kitchen. You know, I never throw anything out. And my mother never threw anything out either. I mean, you would never throw a piece of bread my father would have killed you. If he threw a piece of bread, he would have kissed. He kissed it first and he threw it out because it was molded. And he threw it out to the chicken, not to the garbage, you know. It, everything got recycled one way or another. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, you love the farmer's market. I think that that was your early, early introduction to how important farming was and, and the, what the farmers provide to all of us. There is no place like that. Quesa and San Francisco, the farmer's market, have a lot of fun there. Uh, I go there to eat oyster. There is a place with oyster. Mm -hmm. I've done cooking demonstration there. You know, I love to go. This is one thing that I missed during the pandemic. Uh, now I'm starting going back to the market, but for me to have someone else going to the market doesn't really work very well. Because I have to look at the food. Mm -hmm. I have to touch it. I have to smell it. And I'm going to do spinach. And I come back with artichokes, because the artichokes were nice. The spinach were not too nice. So, uh, yeah, uh, touching and smelling and uh, uh, looking at the food is very important to me. Yeah. When, you, when you were young and, in the, and you went in the military yourself, you served for a couple of years. Were you actually on kitchen duty, KP duty? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I was oh. in the Navy. I was in the Navy and I was supposed to be there for 18 months. I was drafted the way it was at the time, but it was during the war in Algeria. So my brother left first and he was already in Algeria. So that's why they didn't send me. They didn't send too drafty at the same time. 
and uh, eventually uh, they kept you three more months, three more months. I ended up being 20, 28 months. So uh, then I came to America. <laughs> so that was that was your, your big introduction to America. But but you have done so much, and especially earlier in your career, with so many different people and personal chef to so many famous people. Yes, yeah, someone introduced me the other day. Said that man was chef to three French presidents, and the three of them are dead. That's what he said. Well, you're still standing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my goodness. The last, the last one was the goal, so he wasn't uh, he wasn't very young, you know. So no, no, but but how? What an honor! And you've won so many awards, and and the awards just keep piling on. But but you never stop. Um, before we started this broadcast, you talked about how many programs that you've recorded just in the past few months. Can you talk about that? Yeah, we did 150 small programs for Facebook. I started because my daughter, my daughter does Facebook, I don't, and my son-in-law does Instagram and so forth. He's a, he's a, he's a chef too and a professor at, at, uh, at uh, Providence you know, uh, at Johnson & Well. But Claudine told me, why don't you do some small thing for Facebook, showing people how to do a salad, simply or a soup. Or, and uh, so I started doing that and we've done 150, you know, so showing people what to use in your refrigerator, in your freezer, in the pantry. I do many times what my wife called the fridge soup, <laughs> up in the refrigerator, half an onion, some wilted salad, a piece of carrot, uh, all of that goes into the pot with some chicken stock or some water and a bit of chicken bay. And I finish with a little bit of vermicelli or some couscous. And you do a soup in 15, 20 minutes, a bit of grated cheese on top of it, a glass of wine, that's dinner. Well, do you start with a glass of wine while you're cooking? Oh, yes. Oh, sure. Yes, I need, uh, I need fuel, but only unleaded. <laughs> <laughs> do red or white? Or do you, do, does it matter? I don't care, whatever. <laughs> it's around. Well, whatever you're doing, you look amazing and you, you just, you're, you're unstoppable. Well, I'm, I'm going to be 95 years old in 10 years. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting old. I wouldn't say so. I think you're just getting started, especially if you're on social media now. That's so impressive. I can't get half of my friends to even consider using social media, but for you, it's a way to reach a whole new audience. I love your Facebook, yeah. I have my assistant, Kelsey, to put me on here for the while. I'm not too good with the computer and with this, you know, so. But anyway, I'm so glad to speak with you. Yes. Beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. When you, I, I was watching your Facebook segments because they're short, they're under five minutes. And they're, they're, it's very easy because you, I don't know if you do that in real time or if there's editing involved, but you just make it so easy. And so then when I saw your cookbook, I thought, oh, this is gonna, I could actually, I might be able to do this. No, there is some editing. Tina Salter, who is uh, uh, in San Francisco here, was, uh, has been my editing, uh, you know, my, my producer at KQED for over 30 years. Oh. And, uh, so when we do those shows, we send it to her and she makes it better. I mean, she, she knows how to edit it, to uh, cut uh, what's wrong and, uh, you know, so that's good. Got it. When um, I was reading some, some background about you when, and, and it said that when you first started cooking, you worked mostly with men in restaurants in Paris and New York. 
But then your cooking approach started to change as you started working with women, such as Julia Child. And well, she called would, you the best in America. Oh, I would disagree with you because as I told you, I started with woman, my mother, was a chef, my 12 restaurants in my family, 12 restaurants, oh. uh, 12 of them, 12 of them run by women. The first one to go into that business as a male was me. So there was my two cousins, uh, my, my two aunts, my cousin, my mother, uh, all of those people, uh, women run restaurants. So I remember when I was in Paris working for the president, uh, de Gaulle at that time, I came back to Lyon to my, and I go see my aunt. I go into the kitchen. She threw me out. She said, you use too much butter, get out of here or whatever. So she wasn't that impressed at all. <laughs> but do you notice a difference in cooking style between men and women chefs? Not really, no. Not in the chef. No, if you are trained professionally where you work, some are. But you know, the, the misunderstanding very often is that for Americans, very often they look at French cooking in the context of a Michelin star. Mm -hmm. And the Michelin book has 500 uh, restaurants. There is 20, only 23 star restaurants in France. So it's about 70 uh, one star and about 400 uh, one star. So those are special restaurants. Uh, I have many people in my family in France who have never been in a three-star restaurant in their life. And the type of cuisine that you have there, of course, is very elegant, it's very rich, it's very beautiful and so forth. And very often, uh, American people think of French cooking in that context. But as I said, there is 500-star restaurant. There is 150,000 restaurants in France. So uh, the 23-star, it's almost nothing. And as I say, many people in my family have never been in a three-star restaurant. So the type of cuisine that my mother did, my aunt, my cousin, it's a very simple type of straightforward cooking as I do very often. Hmm. Um, during your time with Julia Child, who, as I said, called you the best chef in America, what, a, what an honor. Um, but I saw some interviews where you said that you didn't always agree on things. Are you kidding? We argue all the time. <laughs> I, met Julia, I met Julia in 1960. It was three, three or four months after I was here. At that time, the food world was very, very small. I had met Julia Child, I met uh, James Beard, and I met Craig Claiborne, who just started at the New York Times, as a food critic. So those three were the trinity of cooking in America. And I met them, I knew them, less than six months after I was here because the food world, as I say, was very small. I remember the first time I met Julia, we spoke French. She just came back from France. She was there two or three years. Her French was better than my English at the time. So, you know, I became friends with her and we were friends. You know, she had a house um, in Boston and I have been teaching now at Boston University for 36 years. And uh, so she taught with me there and we did show there together. So I saw her all the time, whether it was in Boston or in New York or whatever. So yes, she was a great lady, fun. But we argue a lot, yes. Do you have any particular story that jumps out at you? Oh, there is many, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Start with one. So, you know, when we, when we did the show together, what people don't realize is that we didn't have any recipe. You know, so we decided, okay, let's do a stew tomorrow. Let's do this, 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 and that. Okay, fine. So we, we had no recipe, so we could do whatever we wanted. 
That's why when we finished doing the show, it took over two years or three years to come on the air because the book, to do the book, they had to call us and redo those recipes was complicated. But in any case, uh, so Julia, 